forgot to start my little timer. My apologies. So, yeah, my, my tablet is, doesn't seem to want to work. So, leaving that behind, I had a vision. And the vision was the night that there was the Passover. And there was these guys there, you had the 12 disciples there, and there was the Passover. And it was the night, it was a, a night that was uh, brought much controversy because you had two men. You had two men that did basically the same thing but two different outcomes. And as I was receiving this vision, it occurred to me that in our lives, we often come through the same fork in the road. Time, there is a time in our lives that we all face a decision whether we are going to betray God. Now you might say, well, I'm not going to betray God. I'm going to be... I'm going to be strong and I'm going to fight until the end because I know what, how good God is in my life. But God reminded me that there were two of these blokes that spent a considerable amount of time. They walked with him. They talked with him. They saw miracles. They were part of the mission. And yet they both betrayed the Lord. And as I was asking, Lord, Give me some more information because my notes are, are gone. I need something to preach. He said, Jason, tell them about the fork in the road. Okay. And so in my mind, I just saw a fork in the road where these two men were walking along. They were two different men in two separate situations, but they were one in the same. The first man... Betrayed Jesus over 30 pieces of silver. You know his name. His name was Jesus. Jesus. Uh, Judas. And when I saw Judas, I saw him in a way where Jesus stopped being what he thought it was in his walk. He was walking with God and I felt in my heart as Judas thought that Jesus somehow disappointed God in a way that he did not live up to expectations. I felt in the spirit that Judas was a man of valour, a man of great passion, yet his vision and his goals was more of a fleshly nature. He wanted to see deliverance and, and an army and he wanted to see all these things, but did not see what was taught from Jesus. And so that there was an instant where he gave a, a, a place for the devil to weave sinful thoughts, thoughts of betrayal. And with that, you know the story that uh, Satan entered his heart and he uh, made a purpose to go out and he sought to profit from betraying Jesus where Jesus walked and he did ministry and he, and he served with God and, and that he did not see the same vision that Jesus was teaching the disciples. I don't know how it was that Judas didn't see the miracles 
and see, well, is this not God manifested in flesh? And even though I feel these things, is not that best to leave it aside and just go with the flow? Because maybe in the future I will learn what I need to receive. No, Jesus, uh, Judas did not see that. He just, he just was deceived by the enemy and he went down a path that he could not come back from. As you know, he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and he got what he wanted. I mean, 30 pieces of silver, that's pretty big, big, big dough, you know. I would imagine that is like a, year, a year's wages in, the, in these sorts of, if you're going to convert. You know, I'm not really a, a statistician type person, but 30 pieces of silver was no small change. It was a pretty big bribe. So much so that it had to come from a special treasury that was prophesied that it will come from. The dirty money from the religious leaders to try and trap Jesus uh, was used to persecute Jesus and fulfil prophecy. But Judas, in his carnal mind, he did not see that. In fact, he went down a dark path where uh, once he did the deed, Satan just laughed at him and he had bad thoughts and it led him down a path of suicidal thoughts and regret and led him down a path where eventually he threw a rope over a tree, the scripture said, and he hung himself. And okay, okay, God, well, we know about that. We know about, we know about, um, Judas doing that, so what are you trying to say? It didn't have to be that way. You know, Judas didn't have to hang himself on a tree. You know, I, I just imagine, you know, what would his mum think? You know, what would, what would the people around him, his friends and his family, you know, did it enter into his mind in his dark place, you know, the concern, that it, the love that people had. He must have had family. Even the disciples, you know, even though he did this bad thing, you know, truly he did have people that cared about him. Jesus cared about him. He, he, was a, he, was a, had, a, he had a seat among the table. And yet he had gotten his mind in such a place where he felt he could not repent or recover from. And so he hung himself. Such a waste of talent. We'll never know what books were written. We would never know of the revelations that Judas, brother Judas could have brought because he decided that that was it for him. And so that led me to the second guy and that guy was Peter. We know about Peter. And Peter was another man full of zeal. So we got two men full of zeal full of passion. Both wanted to see deliverance, but yet same path, but different outcomes. The outcome was this. Uh, what was he? Peter. Peter said, you know, he, he was prophesying, he said that before the cock crows three times that Peter would deny 
Jesus. And Jesus, uh, Judah, uh, Peter going, no, no, that can't be right because that doesn't sit with how I feel right now. I will never deny you, Jesus, because I love you. You know, we, we've done this and we've done that and I have a revelation, you know, and, and I will fight until death. You know, and it was the same Peter that cut off the ear of the soldier when, when all these soldiers came to arrest Jesus. Peter there had the gumption to stand up, but he was in the fleshy thing where he acted out in flesh and then Jesus said, no, 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 that's not the time and the place for this sort of stuff. Not yet, my brother Peter. And so Jesus had to fix the mistake that Peter did and reattach the ear and and later we find that that uh, Jesus is being questioned and he's being uh, uh, interrogated by the Sanhedrin and Peter and sneaks out. He can't handle it anymore so he sneaks away and he's confronted by a, a woman, a damsel, and he says, she says, oh, you're one of those disciples. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm not one of them. And, you know, because he's a fisherman, he's got an accent, he's from Galilee. He goes, no, your, your accent, this, your, this, your speech, it, it betrays you. Ah, you're a crazy woman, blah, blah, blah. And he starts making oaths. Oh, I swear to God, no, no, that's not me. And then he starts swearing. And he's and he's and he's he's cursing and and now trying to trying to distance himself from God and and it hit me that sometimes doesn't that happen to each of us where maybe it's with our workmates or we're in a situation where we have a chance to be identified with Jesus but we back up and go no 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 I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fade into the darkness I don't. I don't want to be recognised as one of the disciples right now because I'm embarrassed. I don't want to be persecuted right now because that's what was happening to Jesus. Jesus was being persecuted and you have Judas who hung himself because he was the one causing the persecution and then you've got the one there that, that could help stand in, in a, as a witness to help, help uh, be a witness with Jesus during the persecution and he's sneaking off in the darkness trying to hide because he doesn't want to be persecuted. And so, where do we go from here? You're in a situation. So, so Peter, Peter denies Jesus and he, he feels really bad about it and he, he doesn't feel good because all these prophecies and, and God say, you know, upon this rock I will build my church. Thou art Peter. He had a name change. And so Peter was named Simon, but now he's Peter and now he doesn't feel like Peter anymore. He feels like a Simon. And he feels unworthy and he feels like I've done it. I've done it. I, I, 
I betrayed Jesus. I'm no good to God now. And so what does Peter do? He goes back fishing. He goes back to what he knows. His trade. So he's hung, hanging out with his mates and he's fishing again and he's just trying to blot out. He's trying to run away from his betrayal but wherever he goes, no matter how far out to sea, I could just see Peter just getting tormented by the thoughts that he betrayed Jesus and the mission stays the same and that mission is a great commission and he can't run away from it and he feels guilty and he feels condemned because he betrayed Jesus. And so I'm feeling this spirit that Peter might have felt and I thought, God, well, what are you trying to say? And, and Jesus is saying to someone, it doesn't have to be like that. Because the difference, the difference is not whether you are Judas or Peter, it's but whether you clutch on to what God has done in your life and what the word has spoken over you. The difference is, is who do you say that I am? That was the question that was put forward to Peter. And that was the difference because where Judas saw Jesus as a rabbi, I'm seeing this now, is Judas and Peter had a different relationship. Judas saw Jesus as a rabbi, a teacher, a pastor, someone that gave instruction, someone of wisdom, a man. But, G, but Peter had a revelation that there was more to Jesus than meets the eye. He was the Christ, right? And because, because of that, he, because he saw Jesus and because he didn't, he saw past the man of Jesus into the deity of the spoken word, the God manifested in flesh, the Logos. Peter started seeing Jesus in a different set of eyes. And so when he was confronted with his betrayal, he was remembering this. And so the, the time came when Peter was in the boat and, he, and, and Peter and, and Jesus connected again. He didn't wait for the boat to fully come in. So, so, don't wait. Don't wait for some special occasion. If you see Jesus, if you see Jesus in the distance, if you just see a figment of Jesus in your vision, maybe you're having visions that God's calling you again. Maybe you start to hear his voice. Maybe it's distant in the background. Don't wait. Jump out of that boat that you're in and you run to shore. You don't wait. Don't you throw that rope over that tree and hang yourself. Because Jesus gives, you us a, gives us a big rope. And that rope is long enough that either we hang ourselves or it uses us to bring us back in. It's like a lifeline. And if we just cling on to that hope, don't hang ourselves. But if we just take that crimson cord of forgiveness 
and say, Jesus, I know I've done wrong. I'm hanging on by the skin of my teeth. I know I betrayed you. I know I've messed up. But you prophesied over my life. And I'm hanging on to that. And I hear you calling. And I'm coming as fast as I can. And so Peter, he runs towards Jesus. And he reconnects Jesus. But it's different now. It's not, it's not like man and man. Mono and brother. Mono and mono is like not two brothers walking together. It is Jesus in the spirit and Peter. And they're connecting together again. And it was that same revelation. You know, he's all dusted off. He went back to his trade, but he's come back now. And he's all fired up and you find him in church with his brothers and sisters. And he's in the upper room. And you know the rest of the story was the birth of the new church. And the prophecy was fulfilled. Those words that Jesus spoke over his life didn't, didn't, didn't make manifest in a time of darkness. But through that darkness, Peter stayed in, in, in God. Even though God did not leave him nor forsake him. Peter just hung on and when he got the opportunity to come back to God, he grabbed it with both hands and on the day of Pentecost, he stood up through a multitude of Christ and he said those words, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but it's only a ninth hour and you know the rest. And he spoke the words that we must repent and be baptised in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he had something deep in his heart. See, there comes a day that we, 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 we betray God or we think in our hearts, you know, in our minds that we've gone too far, but no betrayal is too great for God. The biggest betrayal you can do is to yourself and cut your own life. The biggest betrayal you can do is cut your spiritual relationship and end it and kill your spiritual walk and say, that's it for me. So, Peter comes back and he spoke those famous words and you and I are here today and, and we, are, we are benefit. We are benefit and this is, this is the thing, is you do not know what can happen if you can get through your darkness? Yeah, I know. I know. You know. Yeah, sometimes it's tempting to betray God or go back to your old life because it may it may mean extra money. It may mean that person that you're seeking out for. Maybe you want a relationship, and and you think that going into the world will give you that relationship. You know, instead of God bringing someone to you, or or maybe, but you don't see the end result. The end result of betrayal, if you decide to go in one side of the fork of the road, is suicide, it's death, it's broken marriages, it's drug addictions, it's, it's bad juju. It's nothing's good coming from it. If you look at all the people that done wrong with God, what happened? Death and destruction follow those. Right? So, with Peter, he went his way, but then he... He came back around. And um, where you want me to go now, God? Uh, he came back around. And there was forgiveness there. 
There's abundance of grace. And that's it. I just see here God saying, don't let your betrayal betray you. Don't let the don't let your mind and your heart betray you. Because the heart is deceitful above all things, Jeremiah tells us. Jeremiah 17.10. But God says, I, the Lord, try the reins. He tries us. You know, sometimes we might go with, but if we come back, if we see God in the distance, say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. He is able to pick you up and put a new garment on you. No longer are you... Are you uh, are you uh, condemned, but you are uh, adopted into his sonship. Amen. 20 minutes into it. Hallelujah. Let's just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just worship you, O God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, we just worship you, oh, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus, oh, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord is just telling me right now that that Peter developed such a relationship with God that inspired others to the point that when Peter's shadow people started having this ridiculous idea and I don't see it in the Old Testament and I'm asking the Lord now while I'm talking to you for proof and that so I'm not putting out a doctrine but what I'm seeing is that when you start walking in your faith with God people will see your faith and they see God in you and it would inspire them and they go I don't know (coughs) you know this this Peter's not God but I believe I believe that if I just close get close to the man of God that even being in the company of of this man of God in the company of men and women of God that their shadow will heal me it's important brothers and sisters that you don't cut yourself off that's the thing about betraying thoughts. Betraying thoughts will isolate you. You know, I had a cat, the only cat I'll ever own because I now I hate cats. <laughs> but I had a cat called Chester. And what really upset what really upsets me about my Chester, my cat, is because when my Chester, my cat got hurt, instead of coming to me so I can take it to the vet. He ran away and he died. And we didn't find him. Now, if my cat just came to me and said, Master, I've been hit by a car. Take me to a vet. Now, I was young at the time, so I'm just just pretending right now. I would say to my cat, Chester, I'd say, Chester, you've been injured. You've been broken, you've been bruised. Let me minister to you. I can't fix you, Chester, but I know someone who can. 
And so this is what happens when our thoughts betray us. First we get cross at the pastor and we betray our pastor. And we go, oh, he's no good. I'm going to get a better life. I want to get what I want. And then we get hit by a car of life. Life hits us and then we come to the school of hard knocks. But just like Peter, we can come to the Father yeah. and say, Father, I ran off. I ran away. I got hit. I got hit hard. I'm banged up. I'm bruised. I don't know if I'm going to make it. But you are the great physician. Yes. And I know you can fix me. I know I've got a broken marriage. Oh, I know I'm not best with my finances. Oh, I know I have this addiction. I know I've got mental problems. I know I cut myself or something. I don't know what you... I don't know what it is that God's telling you. But God can fix you as he fixed us all. Amen. And that is a living testimony. You look at people now and you see, oh, wow. They've got a blessed marriage or they got it all together. But let me tell you something. The people that believed that Peter's shadow could heal them, they didn't see Peter in his darkness. They weren't there. Peter had to go through darkness to see the light. Because it's in your darkness hour where you feel like all is lost. That's when God steps in. And says, here I am. And then that's when you go, all right, mate, I'm coming out. Just beat me to come. And you start running. And you start running. And you might fall over. And all that. You get salt water in your eyes. And you can't see that. But you start, you head head towards the voice. Because God is calling. And you go, right on. And you go, and then you're in the presence of God and his people again. And then you get a revelation. And then who knows where your ministry leads. That's it. Everyone just stand up now. I thank you, God, that you've spoken to your people, and Lord. And I, Lord, I know that you've customised this message for someone because it's a general thing, Lord. But, Lord, I just pray, Lord, wherever we are, Lord, that, Lord, even if our own mind and our hearts betray us, Lord, I pray, Lord, that our spirit will always lead us back to you, Lord. Lord, you are our true Norfolk God. Lord, you are our Dayton point, Lord Jesus. You are the rock, Lord God, that we are founded on, Lord Jesus, Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, that, Lord, that we build our house upon you, O God. Lord, for, Lord, if we build our house upon you, Lord, and our foundation is still sure in you, Lord, we will not fall away, Lord. Even though the, the tides of doubt may come against us, Lord, the tides of temptation will come against us, Lord. Greater is he that is within me than he is in the world, Lord. And Lord, you shall raise, Lord. You, Lord, you shall raise a banner against it, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you touch each soul individually, Lord. As, as my wife plays, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you customise 
and, and mold us right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. to someone tonight that God wants you to go deeper with him and it's not a thing of condemnation but a thing of encouragement hallelujah he's not not telling you a message to condemn you but encourage you he sees where you are at he knows your future he's the author and the finisher of your life of your faith. So if you just want to take a step of faith and go, Lord, I surrender all. Jesus, take the will. Take him up on his in his hand right now. Let him help you out of the boat that you're in. Hallelujah. Oh, you hold it in your hand. 
Bible in each one of us. Hallelujah. There's a testimony. In the book of Revelation it says that there was a great multitude of witnesses and it was by the word of their testimony <laughs> that they did not love themselves unto death, but they stayed steadfast. And they were there. And they saw everything that was written about. And they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their test. So I have like a, a reassurance over me right now that whatever's happening in your life, if you just use whatever that's going on as a testimony builder, that you can stand on that day and over and say, look, I overcome. And this is my testimony. Because I have the blood of the Lamb and my testimony and I, I didn't give up. And here I am. Are we in the great roof? Lord, you are so merciful with us. Lord, your spirit's here. And I just thank you, Lord, that you talk to each one of us on a, a different capacity, Lord. Privatise your message, Lord. You, you spoke to all of us individually, Lord. And Father, I just thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, we've got to have fellowship now. And I, I just ask, Lord, that as we have fellowship, Lord, that, that even though we go in this new week, Lord, that we take your chain-breaking power with us, Lord. And Jesus, if we are confronted to a situation, Lord, that we feel like that we want to run away and hide or try and cash in on some worldly thing, Lord, that, Lord, we stay true to the path, Lord. And we don't go to the left and we don't go to the right, Lord. But, Lord, we go straight to the cross. Hallelujah, Lord straight to our salvation, Lord, and we'd be a good witness for everyone to see. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
Hallelujah.